Deborah Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there. This is Kat, and um, I am here on my live broadcast today, and I have a really special guest today, which I'm going to give you some uh, info about. I want to just take this moment to welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. And if you are catching me wherever you are, make sure you drop a comment and let me know if this is the replay or are you catching me live. And then let me know where you're uh, tuning in from. And then if you have any questions as we go through this uh, podcast, please drop a comment because I'm happy to address them. Wendy's happy to address them, my guests. And you're going to learn a little bit more about Wendy. And um, what better way to make use of your time if you're tuning in, okay, um, is to really monetize this moment uh, and really capitalize on any questions that you might have from uh, an expert in her field. So, let me give you a little intro uh, to my special guest, Wendy Byford. She is the CEO and business strategist at HMM Business Coaching. And what Wendy, um, a little bit about Wendy, and she's going to tell you a little more, is uh, Wendy, <laughs> I love how she describes this. Um, she is a corporate American escapee who took an early retirement to start her own business, which I love. I love that little uh, little synopsis she gave to describe herself. Um, but uh, Wendy in the past 20 years has been a coach, speaker, a trainer, and seven-figure small business owner. So she knows what she's talking about, and she's here to talk about how you can take um, your business and grow it without adding any more marketing dollars. So uh, it, although it really goes against my grain because I sell marketing, but I love this about Wendy and um, I can't wait to have her join me. So without further ado, let me get Wendy up in here. Hey, Wendy. Hi there. Nice to be here. Thanks Thank for Yes, thanks for joining me. So, okay, before we get started, Wendy, which you have an amazing background and amazing career, just give us a little background about, from your words, of, you know, who you are and, and how you came to be where you are today. Okay. Well, when I say that I'm a corporate America escapee, um, it probably would be safe to say that I wasn't the ideal employee. I worked for um, a corporate 100 company. Uh, for many, many years doing things that the company hadn't done before, but I'm not a politician. I hate corporate politics. And so I was constantly getting myself in trouble <laughs> about okay. not being politically correct um, with, uh, you know, being, you know, standing up for my group and not this group. But I always look at the situation and say, what makes sense? 
especially for, for our clients, what makes sense for our clients, which got me in a lot of trouble. So I decided that uh, at an opportune time, I would just take early retirement and go start my own company. And one of the things that I decided in doing that was that when I ran this company, I would take all the lessons I had learned in corporate America about what not to do and apply that in my company. Yes. So we were very fortunate when we hired employees. Many of them stayed um, over 10 years. Some of them retired with us. Uh, we trained up some really good employees so that they would get better jobs um, and you know give them an opportunity to, to really show what they could do. So we had a wonderful time growing this, this seven-figure business. And uh, what really made it fun for me was that I could train, I could coach, I could um, help people really, not just with what we were doing, but also with the larger issues of, of running a business. And when I had the opportunity to look at kind of what my stage three would be after corporate America and building my business, um, I decided I really loved coaching. So uh, I sat down with my husband and said, hey, would you really mind if you kind of ran the business in a steady state, did whatever you want to do, let me go off and do this because this is really where my heart is, helping people to grow their business, to understand things so they can make reasonable decisions on their own without having to, to just take somebody else's word to really understand things. That is awesome. You know, Wendy, I knew we got along for a reason. I knew there was like, for a reason because I am similar to your past history in that um, you know I hit the glass ceiling with corporate America and I think a lot of me hitting the glass ceiling was the people that were around me um, did not really want to see me keep going up right like which is unfortunate but you know such is life you know it gives us both the opportunity to grow our own businesses that's right you know, right. so maybe it's a good side. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, no, it, it is a good side. And um, and the reason why I point that out is I have met a lot of entrepreneurs who um, became an entrepreneur because of situations like that in corporate America where, you know, they're either pushed out or they're not recognized for the, the you know, the strengths that they have or, you um, they just hit the glass ceiling and it's a man's world or something else or you know they didn't fit the mold of what was going to be that next step so i'm sure a lot of people tuning in will be can relate to those situations which creates that opportunity as you just alluded to wendy that you can now create your own destiny you can now create all the wonderful things that you want to do and have your own rules right your own rules that you want to create you know absolutely Okay, so let's talk about the nitty gritty of what you do because you, um, your strength is really highlighting the strategies and um, being strategic about how you can grow someone's revenue. Is that correct? Right. So there's there's a, a lot more to running a business than simply putting up a few Facebook ads. I think um, many people get into business because there's something really special that they can do and they want to bring that to the world. Especially if you're in coaching, consulting, you're an author, you're a trainer, we really are in the serving um, industries. And we really want people, we really want to help people. So we have that, that ability, we have that skill, and sometimes we just go running out into the marketplace to try and present that skill without really looking at 
what it is that we need to do to, to build a business. And so we may get our first even $100,000 doing that. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to hit a wall of, well, where do I go from here? Because some of the underlying foundation hasn't been built. And some of the things that are really crucial to being able to scale a business without spending, you know, more and more and more and more money on advertising, you know, ha hasn't been looked at. So that's really where I, I like to, to speak to people. It's kind of like you've got this brilliance. You are fantastic at what you do, but you've got a choice to make now. You've built yourself a job, which is what $100,000 is, right? You built yourself a job. Now, if you want to turn it into a business, we need to do some things differently. Yeah. Okay. So, so some of the challenges and related to this are, I'm assuming, would be like hiring um, employees, right? Retention, um, having a plan to scale. I mean, like, are these some of the foundations of what you're talking about? Well, let's let's roll it back even before that. Okay. okay. If, if you decide that you're really good at something and you go running out to get a bunch of contracts and just work the business, then you may not have done some very fundamental things. Like, um, I always tell people, go back to your why, not your superficial why. You know, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Don't tell me what other people told you you should be saying, but go right. viscerally inside. Give me the why that makes you choke up and cry every time you say it. Because you then want to take a look at what it is you're going to build and map it against that. Because if you tell me that your real why is that you want to stay home and be there for your kids in a way that your parents couldn't be for you. So you want to be able to, to uh, you know, decide your own hours and those sorts of things. And then you tell me you want a seven figure business. We've got a disconnect here because gotcha. the number of hours it's going to take you to build that is going to mean you're not going to be with your kids, at least in the beginning. Yep. So, so you want to get that why. Then you want to take a look at, you know, what your special thing is that you're bringing to the marketplace and who you want to serve, not who you think you can serve, not who you think you should be serving, but who do you want to serve? Who's going to get you bouncing out of bed in the morning saying, you know, I get to talk to these people. I get to serve these people. I get to do this. Figuring out what your niche is and then how do you get to these people? You know, one of the things that, that I talk to people about is asking them, what's your market dominating position? I don't want your elevator speech. I want to know what makes you different from everybody else. And right. what are you saying that nobody else either does say or can say? So, so tell me what that is. If you don't know who it is that you want to serve, if you don't know what that niche looks like, if you don't know what you're bringing to the table that specifically addresses their biggest fear, you don't know what your market dominating position is. And so all the advertising in the world, and you know this yourself, Kat, is not going to help. That poor person is trying to run these ads and they have no idea what it is that you're really trying to do, who you're yep. really trying to talk to. Right? Yep. Yep. I think, um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is a great point to just step in really quick. Uh, I think a lot of uh, clients that I run into don't even know who their target audience is. So to me, in my world, and I know it's in your world too, is if you don't know who your target audience is, that's a lot of wasted money. Yep. And so when we're talking about 
growing your business without spending more on advertising. It means being smarter with the dollars that you're currently spending. Right. And also doing some other things. I grew a seven-figure business based on babies and referrals. Okay. Based on what, what two elements? Um, joint ventures and referrals. What's joint ventures? Joint joint ventures. Oh, joint ventures. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So okay. it's, it's different from, you know, putting out a lot of advertising. But that was the model that I was comfortable with. Yep. And worked for my business. It yep. doesn't work for everybody's business. Um, my advertising was basically, uh, I knew a speaker and I would speak on stage and I would teach people I love, right? Mm -hmm. I would teach them and afterwards I would coach them, I would help them. Um, so that was kind of my model. But for some people, you know, ad, doing advertising, you know, branding, all of that sort of stuff may be absolutely great, but you've got to be smart about it. Yep. Which means you need to have foundation built because if, if they come to you and say, Kat, okay, go out there and do all this wonderful stuff, you can spin your wheels forever and yep. not give them the result that they want because they haven't put the foundation in place. Right, right. Um, and that goes back to, again, when you said some key elements, you know, know your why. If you don't understand your why, then you're really going to be in a tailspin because, you know, that's so much the foundation of why you would even exist. And then the other thing that I love that you mentioned, and I always uh, tell people this over and over and over, is what sets you apart. If you don't understand and, and can see that or express that to people, what sets you apart, then no one's really going to do business with you specifically because you're not giving them that you know that like that that one thing that's going to make that swing that decision right that one yeah. thing and and it may be that one thing if you can just figure out what makes you different and i'll use an example wendy because i i love <laughs> i love this you're you're just reiterating a lot of the things i always say over and over and over so I met with a plumber one time and I asked him, I said, what makes you different? Why would I call you? And he said, well, Kat, I return people's calls. Believe it or not, nobody returns people's calls. And I return them. And we have a policy in our uh, office that we return them within eight hours, not 24 or eight. His was very finite, you know, like we'll return those calls within eight hours. And um, he goes, you, you would be surprised how many times plumbers don't return calls. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we were building our business, we, we set up LLCs and corporations for people. You know, which is, people kind of look at it and say, well, you know, why would somebody go to you instead of, you know, just doing it themselves or whatever? Yeah. And our differentiator was that because we support you after the fact. Attorneys don't do that unless you pay them. Yep. And the people who just want the money to file the paperwork and run, they don't do it. But we were there for people. In fact, we still have clients who call us 10, 12, 15 years later saying, do you have my documents by any chance? Because I've lost them. That is awesome. You know what? You make a great point because you're right. You know, I filed trademarks and if I can't just call my trademark attorney and say, hey, can I ask you some advice on blah, 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 blah. You know, he's like, he's going to want me to schedule an appointment and charge me his hourly rate. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, we made it a point to be there for people. Yeah. Um, to, you know, even if it's like 10 years later, we, we were still there for people. So, and they could ask us questions and we would tell them, you know, this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. Now we could never give them legal advice and we never pretended we could. And there were instances yeah. where we said, you know, we're really sorry. You have to go talk to an attorney on this. 
Yeah. And, but at least they knew at that point. Yeah. So, so that was our differentiator that we didn't, you know, file and run. We were there for them. We helped them. We coached them. We, we supported them. So that was, that was the big differentiator. But a lot of people haven't taken the time to figure out what their secret sauce really is. Okay. Because somehow they just think, well, you know, because I do this so well, I'm just going to go out there and do it without realizing okay. that of other people doing the same thing. So what's different? What's unique about you? Doesn't mean it's not there. Just means you need to spend the time figuring out how you address your niche market's biggest fear. Right, right. Now, is increasing the revenue on a company, is it solely going in and examining what all their expenses are and is cutting them back? Or, I mean, is that the just of it? Or is it the little bit of the, what you're telling me and then also going in and... Well, before I answer the question, I'm going to explain a concept that most people don't get. And I know that you'll recognize this concept immediately, but most people don't. Okay. I mean, it's basically the, the idea of compounding. Remember that um, uh, Einstein said yep. that compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> that was the, the most fantastic thing you'd ever come across. And it's the same idea, but just used in business. So if I make a 1% change in the number of leads that you bring in by helping you to recognize other ways of getting business, mm -hmm. and we can look at if you make another 2 or 3% um, increase in business by of the number of leads that you convert, and then we look at you know, maybe adding another 1% number of times they buy from you. And maybe we raise your price by a small amount. Of course, everybody goes like, oh, I can't raise my price, I'll lose people. There's actually a formula that tells you how many people you can lose and still have the same profit. Let me be very clear here, and I love this saying, is that revenue feeds your ego, profit puts food on the table. Right. So let's just be clear, we're looking at profit. So you can increase your profit just by doing those small things. You might need to cut costs or whatnot, but if you keep doing these things um, to increase your profit a little bit, change the number of leads, do this, do that, these all compound off each other. And by doing that, you can take your $100,000 business to multiple six figures or even seven figures, depending upon how rigorous you are in doing all these things. And of course, there's something else that's really important that you also need to decide up front so you don't end up at the end of your days going, oh, my God, I wish I'd known this. Decide what your end game is. Okay. Because if you don't and you decide that this business is what's going to feed your retirement, you may get 20 years down the road and find out that the business that you built, you can't sell because you didn't do some very fundamental things. I love that. That's great planning. Yeah, you, you need to do that. And of course, the other thing that we look at that's that's nowhere on the agenda, but I'll just put it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to look at your mindset. Because if you think that you can't, you think that you shouldn't um, do something. If you, if you think that something is beyond you, then yeah, it is. And you'll never get there. So we have to look at your mindset to make sure that you understand that you can build whatever business you want. You just need to be very clear on it. And there are some fundamental things that you need to do to make sure that that mindset is in alignment with what you want to build. Um, that is fantastic. And I uh, totally agree with you on that part, because I will tell you that in talking to a lot of other 
uh, coaches, mentors, whatever you want to uh, say, that mindset is the one thing that you will it will talk you out of doing anything. So um, let's say hypothetically, I wanted to become an entrepreneur. My mindset, if I didn't have the right mindset, I could have very easily talked myself out of it and stayed in corporate America for the rest of my life, just going, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I mean, your, your mind can sabotage you in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. And so, but there's also some habits that we have that uh, can also sabotage us. And these habits are things that really we've learned from childhood there's kind of survival habits yeah and some of them you know some some people learn not to be specific because they think that well if i'm really specific then it's not going to happen mm-hmm. right? so if, if i tell the universe what i really am trying to do it's not going to happen but of course the opposite is true right you've got yes. absolute clarity in what you want you know, no. go out there and tell the universe every day, this is what I'm doing. Yes. Um, but we have these habits that we grew up with. You know, maybe it's because when we were small, if we said definitely we were going to do something, you know, our parents told us that we couldn't or they poo-pooed it or, you know, something bad happened. And so we kind of, to protect ourselves, decided to be a lot vaguer about what we were trying to do. Yes. So there's a lot of things that, that we kind of trick ourselves into doing that become habits over time that mean that we never get to be as brilliant as we could be. Okay. Right. Now, what happens when a company is owned by more than one person? Can all of this still evolve? Can all of this still come to fruition? Because there are businesses out there that are co-owned, husband, wife, you know, brother, sister, you know, their son, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the best thing that you can ever do is to choose your partners wisely and never choose them based upon the money they're bringing to the table. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, when we were building our seven-figure business, we actually had a business partner. Okay. And um, he was a CPA, brilliant guy, best business partner we ever could have chosen because he also wanted to serve. That's what he loved to do. He absolutely, I mean, he just shines when he gets on to, to a podcast and chats. I mean, he just shines. It's what he loves to do. So best business partner we possibly could have chosen. If, if he'd come to the table saying, well, you know, I want 30% of this and I want, you know, 20% of this or whatever, it would have been the wrong thing to do because our values wouldn't have been aligned. You're going to choose a partner. You've got to choose them based on the fact that your values are aligned, what you want for the company is aligned, and get very clear on what your roles are. Because one of the biggest problems, and I see this with husbands and wives, one of the biggest problems they have working together is that they can't stay out of each other's patch. Right. Right? I built our business with my husband. Believe it, we have been together for um, almost 20 years, 24-7 if you can imagine. <laughs> We're still married, still love him to death. Um, just that we've been through all kinds of stuff, but it's because we have the same values. And I, I learned right up front that you basically decide on the areas where your expertise are and you stay out of your partner's patch. Yeah. So yeah. he did all the technology stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, because computers and I don't get along. <laughs> and so 
he would make all the decisions on what the CRM was going to look like and what computers we were going to buy and all of this sort of stuff. And that was all his area. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's fantastic. Okay. Okay. Great information, Wendy. This is all fantastic. Super. Um, okay. So are there some things, are there some helpful tips or pointers that you can give someone today that is thinking about like, Hey, I think I fall in that area where I know I have the potential to grow. I'm not sure how I can get myself to the next level. You know, are there some indicators, anything that, you know, will give people like, yeah, you're a strong candidate for this. Yeah. If, if you, first of all, the desire to grow, to scale, to get that business going um, on an upward trajectory is yep. really important. And so if you've got that in you, then chances are that you can grow that business. And so first thing to do is to just step backwards and make sure that all of your fundamentals are in place, that you've got your why in place, that you've got your vision and your mission in place, that you've got you know your, your branding, that you've got your, um, your differentiator, your niches, uh, your, you know what your market dominating position is, um, all of those things are all done. And then in order to scale, what we're looking at is, okay, so have you got your processes and your procedures in place? Because you scale by doing something over and over and over again, right? You get it right, and then you do it multiple times. So what do your processes and procedures look like? And then are you a one-man band? Are there six things that need to be done in your company and you're wearing five hats and your bookkeeper's wearing the other hat? <laughs> so you need to look at that. And then we need to see, okay, so what do you need to, to give to somebody else and what do you need to keep? What do you need to automate? What do you need to outsource? So those sorts of things, decisions need to be made in order to, to scale up. Um, the reason I'm saying this is because quite frankly, we could have kept scaling our business four, five, six times the size yep. that it was. And the decision that we made not to do that was based upon the lifestyle that we wanted, not because the business couldn't go there. Yep. Which is why I, I always say, start with the end in mind. What is it that you really want to build, right? So make yep. sure that that's in place. Because once you start scaling, if you say, oh, yeah, I want to scale it to eight figures, but you also want a lifestyle that allows you to be with your family a lot, you've got to disconnect. So we've got to get that sorted out. And if your end game is to sell the business, but somebody's saying, well, make sure that you write everything off so you never pay taxes, excuse me, we've got to disconnect. So gotcha. those things need to be put in place. So there's a lot of things to do, but the key thing is you don't need to go into overwhelm. You do everything a step at a time. Yes. So you work on an area, you get it right, and then you go to the next one. Okay, and so is this is this for anybody? Like, is this startup? Is this, you know, been in business at least, um, you know, five to 10 years? Is this, you know, 20 plus, whatever? Like, like who is ideal for this? Um, there, there's there's two answers to that. Anybody okay. can scale their business if they understand the, the fundamentals that I just talked about. Yep. And they want to take it to the point at which they are comfortable with the lifestyle. Now, there are people okay. out there who aren't happy unless they're running a thousand miles an hour, you know, at least, you know, 16 hours a day. I mean, that's yep. your personality and that's what you want to do. And if you want to grow to eight figures, God bless you, go for it. Right. <laughs> but if you want to spend time with your family, then maybe you want to grow your business and scale it to a half a million or, you know, 750,000 or wherever it kind of tops out that is starting to pull too much on your time. 
and yeah. then take it to that point. So anybody can scale as as long as you understand where you want to take it to and then reassess. Now, yeah. you can always change your mind later, but you need to have that, that point. The, the second part of the answer is, you know, for what I do, it can be applied to anybody. But the thing to remember is that not every coach loves working with every person and not every person is going to be happy with every coach. So right. I love dealing with people who've kind of hit that, I built myself a job, $100,000 mark and take them up to maybe a million, million and a half if that's where they want to go or below if they want a different lifestyle. Got you. Also know coaches who are great friends who are happy to take you to eight figures. So it really depends upon where you want to go, where you're starting from and where you want to go. Now, if you're in startup, right, the most important thing in startup is to get you to that $100,000 mark, not because, you know, you, you want to be able to say, oh, right, I've got a job, you know, I, I can pay the bills, but because that's kind of your first um, stepping stone in order to grow the business. It proves that you've got something that you can sell repeatedly out in the marketplace. Okay? Yeah. Whether it's a skill or it's a product or whatever it is, it shows that you can do that. And until you get to that place, everything has to be focused on figuring out who you're selling to, what it is that you're selling, you know, what kind of needs you're meeting, what your market dominating position is, all of those things to get you to that point. Yeah. So it okay. works for everybody. It's just that it's different if you're in a startup. Okay. Now, because this does not involve any additional marketing dollars, mm -hmm. does that mean that it does involve more work? Well, it, it's when we're talking about more marketing dollars, the assumption is you're spending something. Yep. It's just a matter of the, the when people go into overwhelm, because you know what they're doing isn't working or they've decided they want to scale and they think that they have to get on a hamster wheel and do that. Um, they often will go to, to marketing as their first go-to to say, well, I have to up my marketing dollars if I'm going to be able to do that. Right. And what I'll say to them is take a deep breath, take a step back. We want to look at where you are now and what small incremental changes you can make to increase the amount of revenue and profit that you can currently get out of the company. Once you've done that, and we've figured out, you know, what's your plan now to scale, then you can go back and say, okay, now I need to add my marketing dollars in, but I'm going to do it smarter in a more directed fashion. So maybe yeah. instead of just throwing money at, at ads, I also go out and I find some power partners to work with where we can refer to each other. Or maybe yeah. instead of just throwing dollars out there to advertise one thing, I have, I, I get more bang for my buck because when somebody comes in, I can do an upsell. 34% of people will buy if you ask them to buy something additional when they're going to checkout, right? So, right. I'm like, so that's more money, right? Just from that one person coming in, I've already got them. Now I can get more money out of that one transaction. And if they don't want that, maybe I can downsell them. So different strategies to be smarter with the dollars that you're using. If you're getting the lead in, make the most of the lead when it arrives, right? Gotcha. So, and then if you've got a lead, are you dripping on them, right? Right. If you pay to get that lead, are you staying in contact with that person? Because right. maybe they're going to bring out something new that they want to know about, but if you're not dripping on them, they'll never know. I, I or, you know, 
Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Kat. Oh, I was going to say, you know, that is probably one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they say in their own mindset, oh, I don't want to bug them or, oh, you know, I've already reached out to them and they haven't responded, um, you know, and I, I come from a sales background. So I'm all about, you know, it takes at least eight touch points. You, you have to keep at it because they're going to be thankful at the end of the day because they're going to say, oh, thank you so much for staying in contact. Thanks for being persistent. I've just been so busy. I hear that all the time, you know. Absolutely. It takes somewhere between five and 12 touch points for somebody to make a decision. And the reason is because they're somewhere on that buyer's journey and they yep. may not be at the point where they want to buy yet. So what they're doing is they're collecting information for each step that, that they're going through on that buyer's journey. And if you're the one leading them through the journey, helping them collect and evaluate that information, when it comes time for them to buy, who are they gonna to go to? Right? Whoever is talking. Whoever is talking. Who's leading them through that journey and helping right. them to understand why what you do is different and better and what they should be looking at for different things. I mean, think about carpet cleaning. Okay, let's yep. just take something so basic, right? If you're the person who's saying, you know, don't let people do this or don't, you know, if somebody says this, then you need to watch this and, and be careful about this. And, it, you know, depending upon the type of carpet you've got, you should be doing this or whatever. If somebody is doing that, when it comes time for you to choose a carpet cleaner, who are you going to go to? Like that person who I respect now. Absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of people are out there trying to advertise without understanding that journey. Yeah. And so they don't take the opportunity to drip on the people who just came and looked at what you had and didn't buy. Exactly. No, that makes total sense. And the thing is that you have to do this properly. You have to get inside their mind and do it properly because if you don't, I think they did a study in the 90s that showed that it took somewhere between 20 and 100 touch points if you didn't do it properly because there is so much stuff coming at people right. every single day that they don't remember you from one day to the next. Yep. Look, if you're taking them through the buyer's journey, you're doing this properly, your, your drips are really helpful to them. They, they really are touching on what their fears are and what their hopes are and their dreams and all the rest of the stuff. Then, yeah, somewhere between 5 and 12, they're going to come back to you and say, hey, um, you know, I'm ready to get my carpet cleaned. Are you my guy? Yeah. Um, I, I have to now add a little because when you were talking about how you delivered value beyond that initial right that initial uh value proposition or whatever the delivery was of the service or product or whatever it was okay so i can relate to this in regards to my previous life in major media because in major media was a one and done kind of sell right it wasn't about creating that relationship it wasn't about really guiding that person because if they weren't spending the money my managers my bosses would say stop wasting your time on that client which is really sad, you know, if you think about it, because I spent a lot of time coaching and grooming my future cl clients because I want them to stay with me, right? I want them right. to have that that disposition that Kat knows what she's talking about. Why would I go to anyone else? Yep. I mean, the, the interesting thing is that people always think about getting the new client in, mm -hmm. but they very seldom think about, you know, I've got these 2000 people on my list already who've bought from me, what else do they need? What else can I sell them? And I don't have to do Facebook ads to do that. Right. We can send them an email saying, Hey guys, 
you know, it's shown that if you bought this, then your next step is this. And so I've got this for you. And I mean, all of those things that you can do that really keep your marketing costs down. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you have to do all this yourself. People like Kat are there to help you with, you know, figuring out what you need to put in those letters. But you can run them then over and over and over and over again. Yeah. 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 Now, the other thing that I feel like kind of um, straps people or prevents them from growing their business is the fact that they do micromanage or they can't let go. I mean, so it's it's beyond mindset. It's beyond um what is it doing the right things they're doing the right things but because they have this micromanage attitude that they feel like they have to they can't let it go i i I don't know how best to describe that it's like uh someone else can do it right someone else can do it but they just can't let it go right well there's a couple of things with that a lot of times they think they can't let it go because they've never taken the time to do standard operating procedures So there's no way to evaluate the work anybody else does because you've never put the procedures in place with what the expectation is for good, great, excellent service. And if you haven't done that, then, you know, somebody else comes along and tries to do it, but they're guessing at what you want, right? You kind of sit down beside them one day and say, oh, do this, do this, do this. And then you walk away. And when they get it wrong, you look at it and say, well, that's not what I wanted. You're not a very good employee. Right. Right. But that poor person was guessing at what you wanted. So the first step, if you're going to scale, first step is always get those standard operating procedures in place, including what good, very good and excellent uh, production looks like. Once you've done that, then you can decide whether you need to hire a person or you can outsource the whole thing or you can bring in somebody to do part of it. So a service or um, or a VA or somebody like that. Yep. So the, the first step is always decide what it is that they're going to do and what's the standard that they need to live up to. And then secondly, who's the person who needs to run that? Now, the other thing that I learned, and this was probably the best lesson I ever learned. So listen up, guys. <laughs> I, I was building my business and I was hiring employees. And we had like, uh, there were eight of us running around in the house, believe it or not, we ran the business out of our house. (laughs) So these employees would show up and then they would leave at the end of the day. What I learned was that once the procedure was put in place and the standards were set, you can give the responsibility for the procedure to your lead person. Then if something happens and a change needs to be made, they come and they discuss it but they're responsible for changing the procedure and implementing it. Have you got that? Yeah. Now, for all of you guys that are like micromanagers, this is going to drive you crazy. But the thing is, you have so much that you have to do to scale your business. You don't want to be rewriting procedures. You want the person who is responsible for implementing the procedure to be responsible for making those changes. And a lot of times you'll be surprised. We used to have something called lunch and learns. So we would get everybody around a table, we'd bring in pizza, we'd, you know, do all this stuff. And then we would say, literally, what went wrong this week? Now, we we had an environment where I never cared who made the mistake. I cared whether or not it got fixed. Yep. So so they put up their hand, they say, well, you know, this happened and it happened, you know, because of this reason. And this is what we did to fix it. 
And then I would say, okay, so it, has the procedure be cha been changed or do we still need to do that? And that was our lunch and learn so that everybody in the group knew what was changing yep. and they knew why it was being changed. And the person who was responsible for that procedure would make that change. And then we'd keep going. And so it was, I didn't have to do it. It was great. I could sit there and eat my pizza. <laughs> yeah. Just wonderful. I knew that our clients were being taken care of. I knew that the people who, uh, who were doing the work didn't have any fear of owning up to a mistake because yeah. the idea was never that you were going to be punished for it ever. It was always going to be, okay, how did we fix it? Yeah. And if we didn't know how to fix it, then we could discuss it at the table, take the ideas. And then it's my company. So I get to say, this is what we're going to do. You make the change to the procedure and we're off. That's awesome. That is awesome. And that's well stated, Wendy. Um, okay, as we wrap this up, and I'm so very thankful to have you today. And it was such a great conversation. How do people, um, well, first off, you know, is there something of value you want to give out today? Um, you know, if someone wanted to consult with you or whatever, they find themselves in this situation? What do you what do you got going today? Well, I'm happy to do a profit assessment for anybody that, you know, is kind of at that point where they want to scale, but they're not really sure how to move forward. So a profit assessment is, it takes a couple of hours. I'm going to teach you some concepts that you need to know. And then we're going to dive into your company. And there are three numbers that you're going to need to bring to the table so that we can work with your numbers, not numbers we're making up. And then we're going to take a look at from a compounding standpoint, if we made a little tweak here, if we made a little adjustment there, we'll figure out what could get you better revenue, better profit, and then what areas are kind of red flags that we really need to look at. So it's a two-hour profit uh, process that I'm happy to go through with you. It's called a profit assessment, and um, it's really valuable regardless of what you do afterwards. And of course, if you decide that um, you need some coaching or some help, I do have um, group coaching that I do. And um, it's, I like to look at it as being the quality of high ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching, but in a group environment. And uh, will allow you then to learn some stuff that you need to know and also still have you know, conversations where you get the best advice that you need. That's awesome. Okay. And then how do people get a hold of you? Well, you saw the company, HMMBusinessStrategies.com. It's just Wendy at HMMBusinessStrategies.com, three S's together. Um, so just email me and let me know that you're interested in doing a profit assessment. You heard me um, on Kat Ramirez's show. Uh, we want to make sure that we know how you came in. And then um, let's set up a time and, and just do that because I would um, love to chat with you. If I have ideas for your company, obviously I'm going to um, – give them to you. Uh, I want to make sure that you're successful. So let's see what it is that, that we need to do. Okay. And that's uh, called again, it is a free profit and loss assessment. It's a free profit assessment. No oh, losses. Assessment. Oh. <laughs> free profit assessment. Okay. Just want to make sure I got that right. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you're also on LinkedIn, right? You're, you're on social media. Oh, I mean, I, I think that's how that's how we got connected, right? Right. It was. Okay. Yeah. So if someone were, wanted to connect to you on um, LinkedIn, you know, they can yeah. reach you there, you know. They can. Yeah. Okay. And then that, that way they can check you out if they yes. wanted to. 
absolutely, you can check me out. No problem. Go ahead. Um, and then um, just let me know uh, that you're interested and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. I think, um, you know, in all honesty, Kat, small business is the backbone of this country. I know that people forget that sometimes because there's all these big corporations out there. Yeah. But small business, the people who have one to 10 employees are the backbone of this country. And sometimes, you know, we need a little help to get over the hurdle and start going. So yep. those, those are my guys. Those are the guys I want to know. Awesome. That is fantastic. Okay. Wonderful. And I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate your time. It was uh, a, such a pleasure to have you here. Uh, a lot of wealth of information. And if anybody is, um, if you forget, you're fearful of reaching out to Wendy, reach out to me. I'll connect you. Uh, I'll connect the dots. And uh, thank you again, Wendy. I appreciate your time. It, it's been wonderful being here with you, Kat. I so appreciate the opportunity. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for catching this podcast of Stand Out and Grow with Wendy by Ford, who, again, if you did not watch the whole episode, just hit rewind and watch it from the beginning. Is She uh, is offering a free profit assessment and um, will help you um, you know, scale your business. So if you feel like you're at a point where you're just like plateaued or you really want to take yourself to the next level, please make sure you watch the beginning of the podcast and reach out to Wendy. Wendy is happy to help you and do whatever she can to help your business grow. So until next time, you got this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.